Welcome to the Brilliantly Resilient Podcast. What's your train wreck? Everyone has one. The question is, are you going to live there or are you just visiting? Let's check in with Mary Fran and Kristen to learn how to come through not broken, but brilliant. Hey everyone, before we dive into this week's episode, we have a resource that we wanted to tell you about. Transform every week of yours with our brilliance bit that will deliver right to your email inbox. Sign up for it at brilliantlyresilient.net and keep living brilliantly resilient. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Brilliantly Resilient Live. I'm super excited about our guest today because I am in the decluttering state of mind, and we have with us Tracy McCubbin. I'm going to read a little bit about Tracy's background. Tracy, I'm so excited that you're here. Tracy McCubbin is an entrepreneur, CEO, and the author of the newly launched book, Make Space for Happiness. I love it. How to Stop Attracting Clutter and Start Magnetizing the Life You Want. Tracy's always referred to herself as obsessive, compulsive, delightful. <laughs> a great interpretation of OCD. But who knew that she could turn that trade into a booming business? And while working for a prominent television director in LA, Tracy discovered that she could see through any mess and clearly envision a clutter-free space. Truly a gift. Before she knew it, people were asking for her help and Declutterfly was born. When not decluttering, this is one of our favorite things too. She is the proud co-executive director of One Kid, One World, which is a nonprofit building strong educational foundations for children in impoverished communities throughout Kenya and Central America. Tracy lives in LA and knows where her keys are. <laughs> Tracy, thanks so much for joining us today. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy. And I was thinking as you were sort of reading my bio and I was thinking about the crossover. Um, I love this idea of brilliantly resilient. And I think that when I realized that I have a fairly mild, but I have a form of obsessive compulsive disorder and that somewhere along the line, I turned it into my career. So I took this thing that was holding me back in a lot of places mm. and I was like, let's, how can I turn it into something positive? So I, I, I love that this is going to align with your listeners. And that's actually a point that we make over and over and over again, that our brilliance is not always something that everybody else looks at as brilliance or you would ordinarily think of as brilliance. And because it's something that's within us, we often overlook it because it can hold us back sometimes when it's a thing that you're really into. Sometimes it, it can get in your way if you're not open to it. So we're just so excited that you found this out about yourself and, and brought this out to the world. Super excited about that. So I have to tell you, and Kristen moved not too long ago. So she was in major decluttering phase and I, I have a little tiny shore house that we go to in the summer. And Kristen's been there. It's like, you know, it's like a little matchbox house. And every summer when I come back from there, because it's a bare bones place, I look around me and I'm like, I got to start getting rid of stuff. <laughs> I just have to. So how did this become a thing for you? And how did you liken this, this neat being neat with attracting happiness? Oh, that's... Uh... 
we'll go back to brilliantly resilient. Um, so I had always, I was sort of one of those people that my career path was, um, I figured out a lot of things I didn't want to do, you know, tried a lot of job and was like, not for me, not for <laughs> me. And it all added up. I was working for this television director and people started to call me because I was an assistant and they're like, Oh, you know how to do this. You know how to fix anything. You know how to solve this problem. And so I was helping people and I was, you know, doing everything from organizing their Christmas ornaments to somebody's <laughs> grandmother had passed away and we were cleaning the house out. And and it just struck a chord with me. It just was so satisfying. It was so great to help people. And one of, in the line of Brilliantly Resilient, I am the child of a hoarder. Mm. My dad is an extreme hoarder. So I saw my whole life the firsthand, the hold, like the chokehold that someone's stuff can have on them. So when I started doing this as a job, I had an empathy for people, right? Mm. I understood that um, decluttering isn't easy for any, everybody. And that our stuff, because of the meaning that we attach to it, it can get in our way. It can stop us from the life that we want. We have, you know, our guest room is so full of it's become a dumping ground that we don't have people come spend the night anymore. We, you know, are paying for an outside storage unit. So that's costing us money that we don't have to spend. Our kitchen is so cluttered that we don't cook for ourselves anymore. So we're eating out all the time. I all of a sudden started to really get this 10,000, you know, foot view of how people's stuff was getting in the way of the life they wanted to be living. So it was never about being perfect. It was about making your home work for you. You know, you said one of the most important things that I don't think that people realize. You're, you built a business with empathy as a core value. And I know that that was an element to catapult you because that being able to meet somebody where they're at, because let's face it, I'm sure that you, that you've got clients and people that are like hesitant to give you a call because they feel so judged, right? When we have all this stuff and living in chaos and you can come in there with no, no judgy eyes, just empathy is phenomenal. Well, yeah, thank you. And I think that's a big part of it. You know, some people aren't born with the organization gene. Some people just, they weren't taught it. They don't have it. That doesn't make you wrong or bad. You know, now if you go on Pinterest, it's going to make you feel terrible. But <laughs> if you understand, I think one of the strongest character traits is if you aren't good at something and you know enough to ask for help to learn how are yeah. you? And I think this especially applies to women. We think we need to know how to do everything and that's impossible. So my whole purpose is let me help you make your home work for you. Let me give you tools. Let me give you 15 years of my knowledge. Let me help you if this isn't easy for you. And, and also to really look at how people understand why, why be decluttered and why be organized. You know, what's, what's behind all that? Mm. You know, you, you talked, there were a couple of things that I, that I made notes about and I'm taking copious ones. As you see me looking down, I'm not checking my phone. I'm taking notes. Um, you talk about the upstream cause of clutter. What does that mean? Uh, this is my favorite. This is my favorite thing about the new book. So, you know, we've been talking about decluttering really for about 10 years, right? Press and magazines, TV shows and all the things. 
But no one's talking about where the clutter's coming from. And where it's coming from is us. We're shopping. We're bringing it into our house. We're getting sucked into sales. We're getting sucked into two for one. We're thinking this anti-aging cream is going to fix all my problems. <laughs> oh, you mean they won't? They All those bottles won't? <laughs> good moisturizer, good sunscreen. There you go. <laughs> you know, so if you're not, if you're on a decluttering journey and you're on a journey to get organized and it's not sticking, if you're not looking at what you're bringing into your house, it doesn't matter. You can declutter all you want. But if you're at TJ Maxx and Marshall's every weekend, you know, with your coupons, trying to get a deal, you're going to have the clutter. Yeah. That's, you know, and that's the- like another part of it, right? That that idea of the coupons and all, you feel like you need to get that bargain. Yeah. It's a dopamine hit, right? We get a big dopamine hit from shopping, but it doesn't last. It's not a lasting change. So we're like, oh, this new blouse, it fixed all my problems. And then you're driving home with it, you know, in a bag on your car. And then the texts start coming in and you're like, oh no, the problems are still there. Let me buy another blouse. Let me buy another blouse. What I do in this book is sort of flip that upside down and the stuff is not gonna fix you. And what can you do? How can you find lasting connection in your life? How can you find good time management? How can you find all these things that you're looking for without it being about the stuff? So one of the greatest things I ever that ever happened for me, not to me, was in my in my divorce having to downsize. And I got to tell you, Tracy, I was like sitting in a it was like guilt for a few minutes and then this aha of of the bulk purchasing that we had this in 4600 square feet i had tons of space to bring in another 57,000 rolls of paper towels and you know like all of the things and then when i had to downsize now like you said the moisturizers and all i literally i have a sunscreen and i have a, a coconut lotion Cause I have this little tiny medicine cabinet and that's all that works. And people go, what are you using? Your skin's amazing. I'm like, I don't get 57 things anymore, but, <laughs> but this is like in, in terms of living and looking through the resilient lens, those opportunities, like if I would have sat there crying over the fact that, Oh, my big house, you know, I have to go to this little one. It was one of the greatest things that ever happened to me. Cause I was able to get the clutter out. I funded my entire Christmas that one year selling everything on Facebook. Isn't it amazing? And I think that's, you brought up such a great point. If you think you being the general you, that that big house is the source of your happiness. If you coupled your source of your happiness to the big house or the car or the jewelry or the logos on your purse, if that stuff goes away, where are you? What are you left with? So for me, it's always about where can you find that happiness? Where can you be of service? Where can you have gratitude? Where can you find these other things so that if the stuff goes away or you choose not to have it, you're still happy. I always say, I want you to be happy standing naked in an empty room. (laughs) And then with no mirrors, with no mirrors, exactly. And look, we love stuff. That's how we're hardwired. We're going to have stuff. I'm never saying don't have stuff, but if you're pinning your happiness on the stuff, it's not going to stick. Let me ask I you this. That. I've been wondering this since I knew that you were coming on. What's the correlation 
for somebody like me, and I bet you a lot of our listeners think this too, when I declutter, like my bedroom is this sanctuary. Now I want to be able to, I have hardly anything in it and it's, it's just white. Right. And if I have laundry sitting there, once everything is put away, my energy level goes way up when there's stuff pile, even if it's in nice piles waiting to be put away, it's like an energy suck. What is that? It's so interesting. It's scientific. It's actually, they've proven that, um, that the more clutter you have, the higher your cortisol goes up. It's basically the way I describe it is clutter is like a constant to-do list. So when you see those piles, even if they're neat and tidy and you know it lives somewhere, you're like, your brain goes to, oh, I got to put that stuff away. Oh, I got to do that. Oh, and then I got to do that. And then I got to do that. It just gets the ball rolling and you can't relax. And also visually, you literally can't process that much stuff. We as humans, it's why, you know, if you have a little, I call it, um, in our house, I call it the dumping zone. It's like this little area where everybody seems to dump things. And I'm like, how does, how is there dog poop bags and dog medicine and our voting ballot <laughs> and a sweater on my nice cheese board? How is that possible? <laughs> exactly. you know? uh, and then I walk around singing the Kenny Loggins, welcome to the dumping zone song, <laughs> <laughs> but it makes me stressed. Right. Cause it's like all this little yeah. stuff that I need, I know it needs to be dealt with. So it, it, it's you brought up such an important point that the decluttering is not about being perfect. It's not about your house looking like Instagram or Pinterest or architectural digest. It's about your house working for you. Mm-hmm. And if the bedroom's a person person perfect example, if sleep is difficult for you or you're going through so- something stressful, if you've got piles of paperwork in your office in your bedroom that belong in the office and clothes that aren't put away, it's not helping. It's not helping. So that correlation that you feel is very real. It's real. Interesting. It sounds like um, it's almost like one of those, those things that kind of runs constantly in the back of your head. And we all only have so much space and so much energy and so much time. And if that's constantly in there, it's gotta be like, like Kristen said, an energy suck. Um, I don't know if you guys have talked about this on the show at all, but there's something called decision fatigue. Have you covered this on the show? Mm, No, but it sounds fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) The very, very short of it is that the part of of your brain that makes decisions, unlike the rest of your brain, the more decisions it makes, the more tired it gets. And when that part of your brain gets tired, it defaults to making bad decisions. So it's the reason that when you wake up in the morning and you're rested and you're like, today will be grilled chicken and steamed broccoli all day. (laughs) And then when it's 11 o'clock at night and you're exhausted, you're like, why did I just eat a whole pepperoni pizza? (laughs) Why did I make that bad decision? So because that the decision part of your brain is tired. If you think of your clutter as a constant decision that needs to be made, where should this live? Do I really want this? Should I have spent the money on it? You're, the more clutter you have, the more you're putting yourself into decision fatigue. Wow. Wow. You're totally changing my whole perspective of this because I always had, to be perfectly honest, and maybe other people feel the same way. <laughs> I would declutter and clean everything up more so out of guilt that I was, or not necessarily guilt, I was supposed to. Like when I was growing up, it was, we were supposed to have 
what is it? Cleanliness is next to godliness. Like all the stuff that the schools would say and nuns would say. And now you're giving me more of the, now I understand why my brain, because I do love it. I thought maybe it was just because I could check the box and get a star, but my brain loves to have the least amount of decisions. I get very creative and I can write. I can, I can do a speech in a nice clean room as opposed to if it's a mess. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so that's my whole point. This has never been about people being perfect. It's about, think about it this way. Your home is a tool. Your home's actually a tool. You rest in it, you restore in it, you replenish in it, you create in it. If your home is cluttered, it's not serving you. It's not about how it looks and it's not. And so many people are like, exactly you, well, I'm supposed to. And it's like, well, maybe it's not working for you. And I always tell people that's why there's varying degrees. There's no, you know, I always get asked, well, like how many clothes should I have? And I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, what does your work look like? Like, I don't know how many, but there's no set number for a single person living by themselves to a family of five. It's different. But the question to ask yourself is, is your home working for you? Is it mm. supporting you? Is it making you feel good? Do you love everything in your home? If not, that's when you need to revisit your clutter. So first of all, I want to make a point. I keep looking at the title of the book, Make Space for Happiness. And it clearly from everything that you just said, it's not about even making physical space. It is, but it's also about making that mental space and to give your brain time to get away from stuff that's just there and stuff and make space for you to focus on things that are really important to you, as opposed to that nonstop running wheel of, I have to put this away, I have to put this away. And think about it. This is a, a example I like to give, and it's a bit of an emotional kind of extreme example. But, you know, we have all had loss in our lives and we've all lost people that we love dearly and we would give anything to have them back. But if you if your house is full, 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 full of things that you don't like, but they came from someone who passed and you're sort of a what, what happens is you become a museum to the past you sort of tell yourself that your best days are behind you. You're not looking forward. And so what I always say is, yes, you keep a few things. Of course, you want to you wanna maintain that connection. But if you are beholden to all this stuff from before, you can't move forward. There's no space for it. There's no room for it. It's really funny you say that because I um, just recently <laughs> got rid of a little little caterpillar egg carton thing with little pipe cleaners sticking out of it that my now 32 year old daughter finally looked at me and went, why are you still, why are you still <laughs> keeping that? I mean, it was great. Like the stuff from our kids and all that, as you said, it's all great, but I enjoy my kids now. And yes, I remember them little and that was a really sweet, cute little thing. But I looked at it one day and I was like, all right, you got to get over this. And I tossed it, but I tossed it with no guilt at all. And like a feeling of almost like relief, like, okay, well, that's gone. That's done. And, you know, it's an interesting thing. And I say this to my young parents all the time who want to keep every scrap of paper that their kid, you know, every little homework and every little thing. And I'm like, you know, the thing you have to understand is that this homework and this artwork that they're doing, this is part of their development. 
This mm-hmm. isn't, you know, something to be cherished forever. It's them learning how hand-eye coordination and kids want to see their progression. Okay. So if you just keep all this stuff from when they were at the start, they don't see themselves moving forward. So of course you keep the, you know, the hilarious self-portrait and the cute little poem, but you have every spelling test they ever did. Like if you keep everything because you think it's special, then nothing's special. Nothing's special. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I, as I said, I, I went through at one point, like I had bags of stuff that I was just getting rid of. And I thought, this is actually great because it allowed me to focus on the people they were now, which is grown adults. You know, they're not like you said, little first graders scratching things out anymore. So it was it was very, very freeing to be able to do that. And and I, I kind of want to ask now, how do you, okay, so how do you make those decisions? How do you decide what to jettison? So the first thing that I always tell people to start is um, start with your why. Why are you decluttering? Are you, do you want to get ready to downsize? You know, are you like, I don't want to live in this house anymore. I want to move to a retirement community or I want to move closer to my kids or I want to be able to have friends over and entertain, or I just want less stuff. Like you decide your why and your why need, and to go back to what Kristen said, your why needs to be positive. Your why can't be, I'm lazy. I'm a bad housekeeper. Like we don't do that around here, right? We don't beat ourselves up. So you start with your why and then start small. Like if decluttering is difficult for you, don't start with old photos right? Don't go to the hard stuff. Like start with, you know, coffee mugs or something easy. I do these on Instagram. I do these, um, uh, things you can declutter in under five minute videos. So I pick a, I pick a category. They have absolutely blown up and I get DMS every day of people who are like, I started with you six weeks ago. I've done my whole house. Like, wow. I didn't have to do everything. I just focused on coffee mugs today. Today I focused on socks. Today was baseball caps. Like if it's, you know, look, we'd all love the luxury to have me and my team come in for a week, but who has that time? So if you can start small and be successful, you're going to build on your success. Oh, then it creates the momentum to go through the house. You know, it's funny you said coffee mugs. So my middle son, he's a sophomore in college now. He's away at school, but when he's home, he is the greatest dishwasher unloader you could ever meet. He puts on the country music. It takes forever. He sings. He makes this whole, and I hate unloading the dishwasher. So it's wonderful. But he had an intervention with me at our <laughs> old house. We had cabinets out the wazoo and this massive cabinet for my coffee mugs. And he was like, mom, no one person should have all these coffee mugs. And if, I said, well, you're just mad that when you go to put them in, you have to sometimes move things around and fit them. And he's like, it should be that you just put a thing in there and you shouldn't have to do this jigsaw Tetris. Right. So he was (laughs) like, and I like to get a coffee mug everywhere I travel. And before COVID, I mean, I was traveling, speaking everywhere. And I kept, and he would text me, don't you dare come home with another coffee (laughs) mug. But he made, yeah, but he made such a great point that like, you're like, oh, you're just mad because, and he's like, no, no, no. The tool of the kitchen cabinet, I should be able to put something away. Yes. Like, like task should be easy. And and I think that there's something also in that, Kristen, like wanting to bring those coffee mugs. It's like you went and you had this great experience and you want to make sure you don't forget it. 
right? And it's like, oh, well, let me get a coffee mug and I'll remember that this thing, amazing thing happened. But you'll remember, you won't forget those trips, coffee mugs or no coffee mugs. And I don't do it anymore because Mitchell will freak out, right? And it is <laughs> nice to not have too many coffee mugs. And you're exactly right. I've got pictures on Facebook. Facebook reminds me every year when I was there somewhere. <laughs> I don't need the coffee mug. <laughs> yeah, no, I just had that now that on my phone, they, it's like they're doing these random, and I was like, look at all these pictures of me skiing over the years. Oh, that, that is, that's fantastic. Yeah, it only takes up this much space. <laughs> <laughs> technology is helping us declutter, except when we have to declutter our technology. That's oh, a yeah. whole that's a whole that other a whole episode. Subject. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. I I do want to talk about your um your nonprofit that mm -hmm. you are that you work with because it's just brilliant. And Kristen and I, one of the things that we talk about is um making your your brilliance, sharing it through service. So this is One Kid, One World, and it's Educational Foundations for Children in Kenya and Central America. So tell us a little bit about why that is near and dear to your heart. Yeah, one of my childhood best friends, oh, wow, it's 15 years ago now, um, had, was doing a trip to Darfur, and he was in the, the refugee camps, and he realized that it was almost 90% full of women and children who were just trying to make a life. You know, they were, they set up little schools, some teachers, some women became teachers. They, they made things as normal as they could and how for any kind of real change to happen in this world, in a community, in a is education. Mm -hmm. You can't, you, once you have knowledge, no one can take that away from you. It is your power. It is your superpower. So he met a Kenyan doctor and nurse. They told him about this girl's school that needed a science lab. He came home. He was like, do you want to help me raise money for this? I was single at the time. I was like living my fun LA life. I was like, yeah, I'll throw a party. This would be fun. We <laughs> raised the money. We built the lab and we went to Kenya and I met these young women. I met these mm. girls who all they wanted to do was learn. All wow. they wanted to do was go to school. It was an answer for everything. So we started One Kid. We build classrooms. We pay teacher salaries. We don't affect curriculum. We make no decision about that. That's left to individual communities. We also only... Um, work with schools that are already in existence because we feel we can't decide for another community where the best place is. So we get schools that are struggling and we help them stay open. Um, we do, we put water catchment systems in, we build playgrounds, we buy desks. Um, and a big project that we're just starting now is we're um, help supply feminine hygiene products. Because mm. that's a big thing that keeps girls out of school. We try and right. most of our schools have 50% girl student population. And we're, I, don't, I think we've built like 30 schools at this point. Wow. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, for me, it was, it, it was something, it honestly was the idea that I, with not a lot of effort, like I don't, you know, I don't put a hundred hours a week into it. And sometimes it's busier, but with just doing a little bit for someone else and engaging my tribe, mm -hmm. you can change a person's life. So we've now, a couple of years ago, we started to have our first 
group of girls go off to college, right? And technical school and nursing school. And, and it just, it's amazing. And, you know, I tell people if that's stuff that you're looking for by shopping, self-respect, self-esteem, if you're looking for that stuff, be of service. Mm -hmm. You want to feel good about yourself? help someone else. Nothing gives you more self-respect than to do something for someone else for no reason other than you can. That's brilliant. Well and that's, that's where our, that's where so much of our brilliance comes to the surface. We always say when you lead with your heart, that's where all the good stuff rises and you get to be effective for so many other people. Tracy, we could talk to you all day and probably <laughs> even longer than that. Um, but I do want you to tell everybody where they can find the book and where they can find out more about you and these videos, which I have to see myself, these five minute decluttering ones. They're great. So the book is called Make Space for Happiness. It's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target. Uh, The audio book just came out this week. I read it. So if anybody likes the sound of my voice, it's, um, it's really well. It came out number one in new releases this week. So it's super exciting. That's fantastic. Uh, My big plan platform is Instagram. That's where I, I put the five minute decluttering videos. They're on TikTok and YouTube. But if you want the engagement of a supporting, amazing community, Instagram, it's at Tracy underscore McCubbin. My followers are the loveliest group of people cheering each other on. We just, we have a great time. So that's great. And then tracymccubbin.com. I've got a newsletter and you know, all the stuff. All the stuff all the over things. there. All the things, all but the not things. too many. It's not not too many things. <laughs> I, do not, I do not clutter your inbox. So, yeah, I'm having a great time. And if I find my, um, if I find myself in Philly, I may end up on your doorstep. Oh, we would oh, absolutely love that. That would be fantastic. This has been such an empowering conversation that is not an overwhelming because I think when people think about that whole decluttering thing, they just go oh, and they back away from it. The five minute videos sound brilliant. And I'm so eager for everybody to to follow up on your brilliance and um, go for it. And and I just want to leave people with this because I think it's along with your messaging is that remember that you're doing the decluttering so you can shine. It's Mm -hmm. not about your house shining. It's not about your house looking perfect. It's about so that you can go out there, live your best life, start your day off at a, you know, at full capacity, not drain from your stuff. So that's what I want people to remember that this is about you shining, not, you know, being a bad housekeeper. I could not agree with that statement more. And honestly, if you look back on my journey, you can, you'll know the exact week that I started decluttering and downsizing. It's made, I mean, I pull up at my house now. It's not a mansion. It's a tiny little thing that's so cute. And I love walking through the front door. Yeah. I don't have all that stuff on my mind anymore. Yeah, and I love that. It's your time. It's for you to shine. You're yeah, exactly I, right. I love that. That's, that is it. All right. There you go. Crazy, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been an absolute pleasure. I'm going to turn it over to Kristen. Yeah. So, so make sure you go and, and check out Tracy. I cannot wait to, I'm like obsessed with these five minute videos now. I can't wait to go watch them because that's all I ever have is five minutes. So it's perfect. Go check out all of Tracy's stuff and make sure um, you go to brilliantlyresilient.net and sign up for our brilliance bit. We do not clutter inboxes because we don't have time. It's a one minute read and you'll see Tracy's bit of brilliance come up when her episode uh, airs. So get that at brilliantlyresilient.net and we'll see you next time. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Brilliantly Resilient Podcast. Join our Facebook group and follow us on YouTube to be inspired with tools to reset, rise, and reveal your brilliance.